Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Welcome to mini episode 158 of Real Life Ghost Stories. And I have four spooky stories for you today. And the last story comes from the 7th of December 2021. And story number one comes from Anonymous. When I hear other people's paranormal experiences, I more often than not try to rationalize an explanation. Fatigue, anxiety, stress, mental health. But in those rare incidents where there is no logical explanation, I give myself over to the humble fact that there are just things beyond my understanding. The funny thing is, my family has experienced so many paranormal events that I now wonder why I was so adamantly rational for most of my life. I come from a rather large family and we collectively have so many stories. But it wasn't until my early 20s that I was forced into a serious introspection asking myself why my family seemed to have more of these experiences than others. While in college, I became friends with a young man with a last name that I couldn't even begin to spell correctly for you, but it was pronounced Ratajcik. As he and I started to hang out together, he shared with me that his family were Romani. We occasionally, over a few beers, would share ghost stories, hometown legends, and he would sometimes explain his culture. Though, to be honest... He would sometimes surprise me and become very serious when talking about certain aspects of the paranormal. One specific evening, I opened up to him about some of the weird things that my family and I had experienced, and he asked me if I knew what a nexus was. I said I didn't. So he explained to me that certain Romani people had a belief that psychic gifts and abilities are passed down from generation to generation. He stated that they believed there is power in water and the mother's amniotic fluid is the most powerful conduit. He said that those families with a strong psychic link can be a nexus of paranormal activity. This conversation stuck with me. I began to reflect on all of the stories that I had heard my family tell, and it occurred to me that our stories were spread over several generations. I began to wonder how many more stories my family had. How many had they kept to themselves that I was unaware of? If true... I may never know the full extent of my family's experiences, but I know enough to make me a little more sympathetic to others who make such claims. I've talked to my siblings and my other family members, and here are just some of our stories. My youngest sister was about a year old and very ill. She had been at hospital for several days, and my mother was by her side as much as humanly possible. 
sleep deprived and emotionally spent. She was told by relatives to go home and try and get some sleep and that they would call if anything had changed. My mother reluctantly came home, collapsed into a living room chair and fell asleep almost immediately. She said that after some time, something woke her up and she looked across the room to see her father, who had passed away some years before. He was sitting in an old rocking chair holding my little sister. He stood up and said, Don't worry, she's going to be okay. And then he and my sister were gone. My mother sat there in disbelief for a second, thinking about what she had seen and heard. She remembered not really being afraid of seeing her father, but of being worried that he was insinuating that my little sister was safe in heaven. My mom gathered her things and rushed to the hospital to find that my sister's fever had broke and that she was on the road to recovery. My relatives were surprised to see her. They were just about to call her and tell her the news. My mom always smiled telling this story and would say that she knew it really happened. The defining fact for her was that as she was leaving to hurry to the hospital, she distinctly smelled apple tobacco, the very kind that her father had smoked in his pipe his whole life. As far as my siblings are concerned, my eldest sister had experiences with a shadow man. It wasn't until I started listening to this podcast that I found out that others had, and still do, see dark figures in a hat. I can distinctly remember throughout my childhood hearing my oldest sister talking from her bedroom and asking him, Who are you? What do you want? As she grew older, she said she would see him all the time and had begun to believe that he meant her no harm. Perhaps this is why she seemed more interested in the occult and paranormal things than the rest of us. In her early 20s, she and several other young ladies, including my middle sister, decided to go to a fortune teller in a nearby town that everyone called the witch. When they arrived, the fortune teller looked the girls over and told them she would tell them their fortunes, but pointed at my eldest sister and said, but not yours. My sister was undeterred and went back three times before the witch agreed to read her fortune. She told her three things. She would never marry, she would die before she was 30, and she would leave $10,000. I distinctly remember my sister coming home and telling us this. My eldest sister died at the age of 28, unmarried, and had an insurance policy that left exactly $10,000. This is my sister. I would not bullshit or embellish this story for any reason. This happened. I've always loved to read, and would read virtually anything at any time. As a child, I had a cheap, battery-charged, plastic-orange camping lantern that I kept beside my bed so that I could read until I either fell asleep or until one of my brothers yelled at me to turn it off. This thing was super cheap, hardly put out any light at all and maybe one of the reasons my eyesight has gotten worse over time. I remember that one night I had fallen asleep reading and had failed to turn off the light. I woke up some time later and was reaching over to turn it off when I saw someone at the foot of my bed. He was an older man, but not old, if you know what I mean, perhaps in his late fifties. He was bald on top, with tufts of either red or light brown hair on both sides. He was wearing a vest and a long-sleeved shirt with light brown pants. He was turned sideways, 
with his arms crossed and he was looking right at me and I could see through him. I was terrified. I may not have been able to move at all except it seemed as if he suddenly realised I could see him. He unfolded his arms and quickly moved towards the side of my bed while starting to bend over as if to get a better look at me. By instinct, I threw the blanket over my head and sat there trembling and absolutely terrified. I would have yelled for my brothers, but in my childish mind, I thought that if I was quiet, he would go away. After what seemed like a very long time to a small boy, I peered out to see if he was gone, only to see a very solid, stark white hand right next to my lamp, with one finger tapping on his leg. I curled up into the smallest ball I could manage and I honestly don't remember if I fell asleep or if I stayed awake. I'm not sure why that detail has left me but it was just so long ago and I was so very young. My next significant experience happened soon after I had gotten married and had moved into an older house in a small town. Almost immediately we started hearing things that we couldn't explain. One day while I was home alone and working in the basement... I heard someone walk down the hallway directly above me. I could literally follow the footsteps down the hall, through our bathroom, through the kitchen, and then stop at the top of the stairs that led into the basement. It wasn't uncommon for my young brothers-in-law to come over unannounced and just let themselves in, so I figured it must be one of them. But no, no one ever came down the stairs, and no one ever walked away from the top of the stairs. I walked up and there was no one there. I mentioned this to my wife, who told me she had heard someone walking through our dining room earlier in the week. She walked through the house without finding anyone and brushed it off as just the normal creaks and groans of an older home. As time went by, however, we continued to hear the footsteps on a pretty regular basis. And then the music started. It was so faint, almost like someone was playing it very softly, several rooms away. No matter where I went, it was always several rooms away, just barely audible. It was just loud enough that I could identify it as definitely being big band music, like that of the 1940s. At first, I was the only one who could hear it, but my wife eventually started catching bits and pieces of it also. At one point, we had some friends over who heard it, and even said it sounded like big band music, without us telling them what we thought it was. Other weird stuff started to happen too. The television would turn on or off when no one was near the remote and light bulbs that we thought were burnt out would suddenly start working again when we approached to change them. We started to treat it like a joke and even gave the ghost a name, Marsha. We would often tell Marsha to cut it out or quit being a pest. One day, I was taking down some vines that had crawled up the north side of the house Personally, I liked the way they looked against the brownish-pink stucco, but my wife was insistent that they come down. I walked inside and, just kidding around, said, The vines are down, but it's going to piss Marsha off. My wife was sitting on the couch in the living room. Directly behind her were five or six windows side by side, all with shades pulled down. The words had just left my mouth when the first and third shade flew up and spun. It wasn't so funny after that. We had a family friend who was a pastor. 
He said it was nothing to joke about and he agreed to go through the house and bless each room. We never had another incident in the home afterwards. These are just some of our stories. Are we a nexus of paranormal activity? I don't really know. But I have to say the evidence leans in that direction. To finish, several years later, my family were sitting around swapping these stories, recounting the very same incidents that I just shared with you. We were sufficiently scaring ourselves, but things went sideways when someone told the story of my deceased older sister and the shadow man with a hat. My nephew looked at his mom and said, I've seen him. He has been in my bedroom, in the corner, watching me. I've never heard of a nexus before. I've heard of the, like obviously we talk about it all the time on the podcast, I've heard of the idea that these gifts or abilities are generational, but I've never heard of it as being referred to as a nexus. I've also never heard of the like Roman child belief about water and amniotic fluid, but it, you know, it totally makes sense. It's definitely something I need to look into more and need to try and explore more is the spiritual beliefs of the Romani people and how they've changed over the generations because I think it'd be a really fascinating thing to look at. I love those stories about family members who come and visit after they've passed in a moment of crisis. Like your mum was obviously having a crisis at the time when your little sister was ill and I just feel like it must be so comforting to have a member of your family come back and say, no, everything is going to be okay. This perception that there is somebody else looking out for us. I'm so sorry for the loss of your sister because 28 is such a young age for anyone to die. And that must have been absolutely horrendous. And I don't for a second believe that this is embellished or bullshit because, as you said, this is your sister. You would have no reason to do that. But that story gave me serious chills. And I don't know how I'd respond if I went to see a psychic and they said, oh, you're going to be, you know, you're going to be dead before you're 35 or whatever. I think I'd just be like, yeah, sure, whatever. I don't think I'd believe it. Or I don't think I'd be able to believe it. I'd have to choose not to, I think. That is really disturbing. Actually, on reflection, all of these stories are pretty disturbing. Like waking up to an old man at the end of your bed, standing next to your bed, tapping his finger on his on his thigh. No, thank you. Like I've said a thousand times, people need to think of better ways to communicating from the afterlife. You know, there have to be better ways than appearing at somebody's bedside or slamming the blinds up. There just have to be better ways. And I'm really sorry to have to tell you this, but um, now is the time to put your nephew up for adoption. So you don't have to listen to him saying stuff like that anymore. It's just it's just easier in the long run. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role like me. In a given month, over 70 percent of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Burroughs Furniture is built for the way you live. From ensuring easy assembly and disassembly to honoring highly requested new colors for their award-winning seating, they always have their customers in mind. Their modular seating is made out of durable materials to last and grow with you. And with Burrow, you always get fast, free shipping. Get up to 60% off during Burrow's Memorial Day sale at burrow.com slash ACAST. 
That's burrow.com slash ACAST. Burrow.com slash ACAST. And strain number two comes from Diana. I live in El Paso, Texas. This story happened at my grandparents' house across the border in Mexico. When I was around five, my cousin, my sister and I loved to visit my grandparents almost daily. The house had three rooms and a full bathroom. Many of my family members have experienced many things in the house. And due to the area that it is located, many murders have happened nearby. I believe the house is full of bad energy due to it. Usually when we visited, my grandparents would stay in their room and put us to sleep in the room next to them, which contained a small door with a little opening where we could see each other's rooms for emergencies. My grandmother has a habit which we used to love, where she put a big blanket over herself and came into our room to scare and play with us. One specific night, I was focused on keeping my eye on the little opening so I could see my grandparents' movement around their room. After a few minutes, someone or something came into our room with a blanket over them and stood still the whole time it was in there. Since me and the girls were still young, we thought it was my grandmother and started playing and giggling around with the thing. But not once did it move. Then the thing left into the pitch black hallway and we never knew where it went. After the whole situation we told our grandma and I can still remember the panic and fear in her face. Never again did she do that. Also I believed I was dreaming it or something. But I asked the girls and they confirmed it to have actually happened. No. Stop. No. That did not happen. That you were definitely dreaming. You were all dreaming. You had a shared dream that did not happen. That is straight out of my nightmares. What was it? That's such a sweet game for like you and your grandmother to play, you know. She puts on a blanket, you're all pseudo scared, running around screaming, really sweet. Of course you wouldn't tell the difference. And of course if she was standing there silently, you'd be like, oh, this is a weird version of the game, grandma. Like, ha 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 ha. What was it? What was it covered in the blanket? It's making me think of two things. That bit in the conjuring when the sheet comes off the clothesline scared the shit out of me. And it's also making me think of the bit in the sixth sense where he's in the little tent and the tent comes down and all you've left is the figure of the girl underneath the tent, underneath the the fabric. No, never go to that house again. Clearly the stories today are determined to give me nightmares. And story number three comes from Madison. I've always been interested in anything paranormal and I've always asked everyone close to me if they have had any stories to share. My mom has always been a sceptic and would tell my sisters and I that ghosts were not real. Her reason for saying this was because whenever she was in her 20s, her grandma, whom she was very close to, passed away. She was absolutely devastated. She said that if ghosts were real, her grandma would have come back to tell her goodbye one last time. But that never happened. Just to preface that these stories are not really mine, they're my mom's. Last year, my grandma on my mom's side passed away in May very suddenly from a blood clot, only a year before my twin sister and I graduated from high school. My sister and I were sad that our grandma would not be able to see us graduate from high school like we had planned. My grandpa swore to us that he would be at our graduation. Six months later, in November, my grandpa passed away from lung cancer that had metastasized to his brain. 
he did not make it to our graduation. A few months later, in May of 2021, my mom was driving to Walmart on the day of the ceremony. She has one of the cars with the big screens that sync up to your phone. While she was driving, her screen lit up and said, Incoming call from Dad. My grandpa, who passed away in November. She said she stared at the screen for a minute, shocked. Whenever she reached towards the screen to hit answer, it disappeared. Whenever she got home, she saw her phone laying on the counter where she had left it while she went to Walmart. There was no way her phone would have been able to connect to the radio from all the way across town. She went through her missed calls, and there were none from her dad. We feel like that was his way of telling us that he would be there with us. A few months later, whenever my sister and I were at our friend's house for the night, my mom had gotten up to drink a cup of coffee at about midnight and was standing in the kitchen by our stove. Suddenly she felt a strong tug on the back of her shirt and whipped around to find no one standing there. She thought it was weird, but she wasn't freaked out because she just felt like it was her dad messing with her like he always would whenever he was alive. In August, my sister and I moved two hours away for college and my mom was left all by herself in our house for the first time in 18 years. The first week we were gone, my mom was asleep one night and at around four o'clock in the morning, our smoke detector started to beep. After a few seconds, they would stop. Then they would start again, abruptly stopping again and the cycle went on. My mom raised up in bed and said, Dad, stop. And they stopped and never did it again. Now this could definitely be a coincidence, but we feel like it was my grandpa telling her not to be scared because he was there with her. A few weeks later, my sister moved back home due to personal reasons. One day, while my mom was mopping the floors, she was facing away from her bedroom doorway and she turned around and saw what looked like the figure of a man walk across her bedroom into her bathroom. She quickly went into my sister's room to see if it might have been her but my sister was sitting on her bed watching TV. Then, realising it wasn't my sister, my mom walked into her room and into the bathroom, but no one was there. My grandpa always hunched over and walked in a very distinct way. The figure my mom saw walked exactly like my grandpa used to. Another odd, sort of unexplainable thing that happened to my mom is whenever she is at work. She works at our town's township. She has two other co-workers that work in the same small building as her. Whenever the front or back door is opened, it chimes to alert them that someone has opened the door. One day, my mom and one of her co-workers were standing in my mom's office when they heard the door chime. They looked down the hall to the back door and saw that no one was there. So they walked down the hallway to the front and saw no one standing in the lobby and no cars were parked outside. It is possible someone opened the door and then left but would they really have been able to either get in their car and drive away or walk down the street far enough to be out of sight in the few seconds it took them to get up there? While they were still standing there, the door chimed again, so they looked towards the back door. No one was there. They were standing right beside the front door, so they knew it could not have been that door. Then it chimed again, and again, and again. Finally, my mom said, Dad, stop and immediately it stopped. My mom's co-worker was very freaked out to say the least. This has happened a few more times and every time my mom would just say, Dad, stop, you're freaking them out. And it would immediately stop and not do it again for the rest of the day. 
This has caused my mom's co-workers and boss to not want to be in the office alone. One time that this happened that I find a little bit funny is when one of my mom's co-workers was there by herself before my mom had gotten to work that morning and the door chiming started again. My mom's co-worker said, Frank, please stop, she's not here yet. And it stopped. Frank was my grandpa's name. To all you sceptics out there, we know there are probably logical explanations to these incidents, but we like to believe that it was my grandpa watching over us. We like to believe that too around here. I was having this conversation with my therapist recently and she recommended a book called 1000 Days and One Cup of Tea, A Clinical Psychologist's Experience of Grief by a woman called Vanessa Moore who lost a loved one really suddenly. And part of that book is about those things like feathers, rainbows, robins, whatever it is that people see that brings them comfort. And the point she makes is that it doesn't matter if it's really paranormal, if it's really your dead loved one coming back to see you, what matters is the comfort that you get from it. And I think, you know, the vast majority of people who listen to this podcast, whether they're believers or sceptics or whatever, even the kind of diehard sceptics who listen because they just enjoy the stories, have the ability to be respectfully aware of what stories mean to people. And also to be respectfully aware that if you personally don't believe something, but it brings somebody else comfort and it's not doing any harm, then that's okay. But with all that being said, I do think that it really, it really sounds like your mum had some pretty profound experiences after her parents died. And to lose two parents in that space of time must have been such, just must have been awful. But it does sound like your granddad found a way through objects that make repeated noises to communicate with your mum. And you know what? That's lovely. And our final story today comes from Haley. The first one has been an ongoing event for me for the past seven years or so. I've somehow come to house a phantom cat. I'm not sure who it belongs to, who this cat could be, or why it's chosen me. But this kitty has followed me to three different households, and honestly, I adore it. I currently have two living cats. However, this kitty is not them. I had originally assumed I was just noticing or sensing my living fur babies, but any time it approaches, they are nowhere near me and usually aren't even in the same room. It makes itself known in subtle ways, usually just jumping onto my bed and laying at my feet. I will be resting or reading and feel a small weight jump onto the bed and settle down. But yet, when I look up or go to greet Jinx or Onyx, neither of them are anywhere near me. Again, I don't know who this cat is, but I'm glad to know it's content being part of our family and I hope it stays with me. My second encounter was a lot more freaky. I was a senior in high school and had been staying over at a friend's house. It's important to note that her house had been built in the 1960s and was surrounded by the woods. Her stepmom and her boyfriend at the time were sitting with us in the living room all just chit-chatting. It was approaching midnight and we were just waiting for her boyfriend's parents to pick him up as he didn't yet have a driver's license. All of a sudden, we heard a loud crash come from the kitchen. We, of course, were all very freaked out and sent her boyfriend towards the kitchen to investigate. He slowly walked towards the kitchen, and as soon as he was close enough to look around the wall into the kitchen, his jaw dropped, and he just said, Holy shit. Every fucking kitchen cabinet door in that kitchen had slammed open at the same damn time. We were naturally very spooked at this and it had never happened before. 
My friend and her stepmom were very superstitious and we immediately decided to put salt in every doorway, windowsill, anywhere and everywhere we could put it. We ran out of salt that we used so much. After we salted everything, we closed all of the kitchen cabinet doors and just hunkered down in the living room once more. Nothing else happened that night. But boy, it was hard to get to sleep and we were all very scared. I don't blame you for being scared. That is directly from the school of the sixth sense. I keep talking about the sixth sense in this episode. It's like I'm retroactively promoting the movie. But anyway, you know, there's that scene where the kid is sitting at the kitchen table and all the cabinets are open and then he gets up and there's like the sweat prints left where his hands were. But that cabinet, kitchen cabinet opening must be in the handbook of the dead, really, because it's such a common occurrence. Also, I love the cat ghost. I would be very happy if the only haunting I experienced in my lifetime was of a cat ghost. Thank you so much for listening to today's episode. Thank you to Anonymous, Diana, Madison and Haley for sending in your stories. Remember, the last story came from the 7th of December 2021. If you are desperate for more real life ghost stories content, you can sign up to patreon.com forward slash real life ghost stories, where for $5 a month or $2 a month, you get heaps of extra content and every single episode ad free. If you would like to learn anything about Real Life Ghost Stories podcast, you can do so by checking out the website reallifeghoststoriespodcast.com. And on that note, I shall see you next time. Even on a budget, quality is non-negotiable. That's why Quince is the place to score high-end essentials at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Get your hands on buttery soft cashmere sweaters from just 60 bucks, Italian leather jackets, and so much more. And the best part about Quince, they exclusively partner with factories committed to safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Elevate your style without the elevated price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns.